0: Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with Fireside Chat number. Let me guess, three thirteen. Three. Oh, I caught her, ladies and gentlemen. To catch Megan unprepared with an answer is a victory for humanity. I'm focusing on Snoopy. She's focusing on keeping Snoopy in there. We have dogs who do not wish to be on camera. It, it's a certain humility that we have cultivated in them they think it's a little arrogant to uh, you're throwing him food yes god the my house is organized chaos which is not bad because every house is either organized chaos or unorganized chaos (laughs) so you're all houses have chaos (laughs) If human beings live there, there is an element of chaos. That is the way it works. So this is Fireside Chat number three hundred and sixteen. Three hundred and sixteen. Wow. I probably say wow. I probably said wow since number eleven. This is (laughs) really sad. Anyway, welcome everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. It's the Fireside Chat, and in the United States this week. As I say that, because there are so many of you listening in different countries, and I really, really delighted by that Uh, in the United States we celebrate this week Thanksgiving I love Thanksgiving just the name alone has made me fall in love with it since I was a child this has to be the most universal of American holidays if you talk about inclusive how could you be more inclusive than giving thanks thanksgiving giving thanks Actually, right now in America, since there is such a desire to undo American and Western civilization on the part of people calling themselves progressives, or better known as woke, it's very sad, and I won't get into that now. But even this holiday has been under attack because its origins lie with The first settlers to America, the pilgrims, having a legendary meal with Native Americans known as Indians. And people on the left are unhappy that it portrays amity between the Europeans who came over and the indigenous peoples. Theoretically, there was supposed to be a hatred of the indigenous people from the outset, and the idea that they actually could enjoy one another even for a meal is perhaps anathema to these uh, folks. So even Thanksgiving has come under attack. But I want to talk to you about giving thanks. I wrote a book on happiness, wow, it's hard to believe, 25 years ago just a note to all of you who are much younger than i you don't you don't realize how speedily life goes by it's not something that when you're young you you think about or realize although ironically every young person i know i mean people in their early 20s has has stated to me or in their 20s how fast they think this year has gone do you feel that i mean Uh, It's it's eerie to me how fast this this year has gone. I don't think it's a matter of when you get older, the years go by faster that I acknowledge. But this was even within that parameter. So the reason I tell you this is the more you do and the earlier you do it, the more I mean, it's this is a cliche. I feel silly even saying this. It's so obvious. The more you will get done. It, there's a very famous Hebrew saying, if not now, when <laughs> it's, you know, it doesn't sound terribly profound, but it is profound. You you think you can do it at any time because he, when you're young and this is fine, this is not a criticism. Death seems really, really remote <laughs> as it should. Yeah, 20 year old should not be thinking, you know, I'm going to die in 70 years or, or maybe 80, given the length of years as increasing. But it's it's worthy of note. I am very lucky and I really mean it. I think I'm lucky. I don't take much credit for it, that at a very early age, I knew time was limited so get as much done. And I was, I was not a workaholic. I'm still not a workaholic, believe it or not. And I just knew at a very early age, though, that I should start now, learning now, writing now. I wrote my first book at 25. It's still in print. It's an introduction to Judaism called The Nine Questions People Ask About Judaism. I wrote another book, by the way. My first two books were Jewish in nature, and the second one is really relevant to today. Why the Jews? The reason for anti-Semitism. If you want to understand what is happening in the world today, read the book Why the Jews. It'll it'll explain just about everything. Nothing has changed. So anyway, I wrote the book on happiness 25 years ago. That's a fun story. Did I ever tell the story about my happiness book? How it happened? I don't think so. Oh, you will love this. This is this is a mind blower. I was let's see. I was about oh god. Oh, I know how old I was in my early thirties, and a rabbi at the uh, at UCLA, the Chabad rabbi. Chabad is this. Uh, great Jewish movement and with, with branches all over the world and on campuses. So the Chabad rabbi, may he rest in peace, who's known as Schwartzy, Rabbi Shlomo Schwartz, and he, he calls me up. says Dennis, I'd like you to speak to uh, Jewish students here at UCLA. I said, that's great, Rabbi. I, I assume uh, you'd, you'd like me to talk uh, on Judaism his answer was no nobody will show up <laughs> i'll never forget that so i said to him this is an amazing story so i this is a long time ago and so i said to the rabbi i said well then what would you like me to speak on this is by phone and he goes well oh, something light i go like what What's a light subject? He goes, Oh, no, I don't know, like, like happiness. And I, I'll never forget. Obviously, I haven't forgotten. I, I said to him, Rabbi, happiness is not a light subject. Happiness is a serious problem. And then he said two magic words great title. Or great subject and that was the speech I gave happiness is a serious problem because of his reaction to my reaction to what he had said and that became the name of my book and all because of that dialogue when he when he said great subject and it turned out to be a great subject indeed and of course, the essence or an essence of my approach to happiness, one of them is we have a moral obligation to act happy even if we don't feel it. This this changes a lot of lives. I, I would say it changes the lives of half the people who read the book. I, I know it from feedback and I, I know it from my radio show and my happiness hour. And the other... The other major, well, there are many major points, but really perhaps the most important. You can't be happy if you're not a grateful person. In fact, you can't be a good person if you're not a grateful person. Gratitude is so important. It is the mother of both goodness and happiness. Appropriate thing to remember with the holiday of giving thanks or thanksgiving You can't be good and you can't be happy if you're not grateful I Would summarize the crisis of America at this time and maybe other countries, but I will speak about my own One basic root of the chaos Of our time and we are living in chaotic times is that Generations since World War two really Were not raised to be grateful In particular they were not raised to be grateful to be American now, by the way, I think you should be Raised to be grateful in many countries. I don't believe it's only in America that you could be grateful so I'm not saying this only with regard to Americans, but especially Americans, the most affluent and the most free country perhaps ever developed. And generations of Americans were raised to be ingrates, literally not grateful uh, for uh, being uh, an American. And I, again, I emphasize there are many countries you could be grateful for being born into that country and not elsewhere but I could speak for this country. You were really lucky. That is why so many tens upon tens, if not hundreds of millions of people have wanted to move to the United States. They they, they knew where they could have opportunity. And this ungrateful generation has become bitter and unhappy because every ingrate, ungrateful person is an ingrate. Every ingrate is unhappy. And every ingrate is a bad person. You can't be good and an ingrate. That's just the way it works. Anyone you know who is personally kind and decent uh, is a grateful human being. And gratitude rarely has anything to do with the actual circumstances of people's lives. There are people who are grateful who have a lot less than a lot of people who have a lot more and are not grateful so there's a holiday where all you do is give thanks thanksgiving and i would suggest to all of you avoid politics at the table because the odds that your everybody at your thanksgiving table will agree are small and you want it to be a pleasant meal now if you can differ without anger that then go Go at it. That's fine. But if you do or don't raise political issues, raise the issue of gratitude. There are parents I know who have their children on a daily basis, some on a weekly basis, say at their dinner table what they're grateful for that day or that week. What a great habit. I will say... If I, I, I use me because I know me better than I know anybody else I I go around every day and I must think about it 10 times a day how lucky I am that's all I keep thinking how lucky I am and I am I, now I've worked hard and all of that is true and, and so on but it doesn't matter um, you even, even if you've led a fully honorable life, you still need some luck to, to have your health. I mean, just that alone, that has a lot to do with luck. Now, there are things you could do to maximize your health. I try to do them all, but so what? How, you know, how many people jogged and ate a very healthy diet and then get a heart attack? It's a lot of people. There, there, there are no guarantees in life. What well, do they say? There are two guarantees: death and taxes. <laughs> that's true. Have you ever heard that? By the way, it is interesting. I I wonder if that's translated down the generations. Maybe, but not. Yeah, not not common. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. But it's a it's a great line: death and taxes, the only the only inevitabilities in life. So practicing. The development of your gratitude muscles is fantastic. If you don't think you're a lucky person, now, by the way, there are people who are not. If you're like Job, the biblical figure of Job, who just suffered horribly. The irony is, though, I have known people i knew people they're they're gone now because it happened a long well relatively a while ago i know people who went through the holocaust who literally lost all or virtually every member of their family murdered and they went through life thinking well the irony is i guess they had a right to think they're lucky in that they they survived on the other hand, are you lucky if you lose your children, you lose your spouse, you lose your parents, you lose your siblings, you lose your friends? I would say that the great majority of you watching or listening have reason to th- have good reasons to think you're lucky. And by the way, everybody has a measure of bad luck too. You, you can't go through life with just good luck. I haven't had... Only easy things in my life but the sum total I, I have always walked around grateful I think religious people have an advantage because a good chunk of elevated religion certainly in the Judeo-Christian world is gratitude thank you God thank you God thank you God which was a big part of Thanksgiving originally. Thank you, God. Maybe the decline of God and the decline of gratitude—it hmm, may not be coincidental. I never thought of it till I said it just now. I—I I wonder if that's another awful consequence of the secularization of society—that it, it's become less grateful. So Happy Thanksgiving, and talk about what you're grateful for at the table. That should unite everybody, whatever their theology, whatever their politics. That's one subject that is good for everybody to talk about. Apropos of Thanksgiving, let me tell you, Otto's Tales, these terrific books for kids that we put out, we have two Thanksgiving books. What is it we have here? Let's visit Plymouth Rock and today is Thanksgiving. You can get them at PragerU.com. PragerUKids.com. Yes, you can get them at PragerUKids.com. Your kids will love them. And now Megan's arm makes its appearance. What did your mother once say? That's my daughter's arm or something like that? Yes, and the fact that, like, extended family, family, friend. Oh, my God. It's gone to extended family? Yes. I'm related to the owner of that arm. (laughs) I love it. To your questions. All right. All right. Take it away, my new friend. Hi, Dennis. My name is Jodi Lau. I'm 24 years old from London, United Kingdom, member of Picker 4 since 2018. I feel more devastated following the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel than in Russia, which is barbaric war against Ukraine. Even though I'm not Jewish, but I fully support Israel even before the recent war. I even received abuse and intimidation because of it. You and other Jewish thinkers have made my life better. My university degree dissertation is based on your philosophy of religion. Can you explain to me and others why Gentiles who are not Jewish should support the state of Israel? Thank you. Well, God bless you. What do I assume is, is, is origin? He lives in the, you live in the United Kingdom, Radi Lau, and I guess parents perhaps from China. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm delighted that you listen. I really love that. Your what is it? Your university degree dissertation is based on my philosophy of religion. You know, my philosophy of it's I'd like to know what you wrote on, in fact, to be honest. My philosophy of religion is that God wants us to be good more than any other thing. And it, it's it sounds simple, but it it's not. A lot of religious people have difficulty with that. And secular people think you don't need the God of the Bible to be good because we see how many wonderful people are being developed in the Western world without the Bible. It's really, really worked out well, hasn't it? Okay, anyway, so let me let me react to... Can you explain to me and others why Gentiles should support the state of Israel. Well, my my immediate answer is, if you have to be Jewish to support Israel, we're screwed. Sorry for the language. Did you have to be Jewish to oppose Hitler? By the way, in the beginning, it might might have been that case. I, I have warned in my book, Why the Jews, from decades ago, and I have warned repeatedly. Any non Jew who dismisses Jew haters as the Jews' problem is very foolish because these people are coming after you next. They start with the Jews, but they never finish with the Jews. Had the world understood that, they might have saved tens upon tens of millions of non Jewish lives. Had they understood what the the threat that Hitler and Nazis and the Nazis constituted, but they, they said, oh, it's the Jews' problem. It's not like the people who, ha- who want to exterminate Jews, and that's what anti-Semitism is about. It's not a matter of disliking Jews. It's irrelevant if you dislike Jews. It's, a re- it's relevant if you want to support those who annih- want to annihilate them or want to annihilate them. People who uh, do that are not good people. It is very interesting that Israel is accused by its haters in the Middle East as an outpost of Western civilization in the Middle East. They don't realize what a self indicting statement that is. That means that they do not regard themselves as part of Western civilization, which, if true, is not a compliment. Western civilization is the kindest, finest civilization ever developed. It's filled with a lot of awful people because there are a lot of awful people on Earth. However, it's filled with a lot of cultivated better people too, good people. It's made the it's the only societies. Look, the Arab world had massive slavery of blacks. Massive. You, you're not taught that in our schools, because our schools teach almost nothing they're just uh, indoctrination left-wing indoctrination factories so you don't learn anything true almost anything true about slavery the staggering number of slaves that the arab muslim world in, uh, dealt with i assume i at least as much as as the uh, as the europeans and how but you don't see many blacks in arab countries you know why they were nearly all castrated so they wouldn't have children. Whereas the slaves in, in the Americas had children. And no, no, none of this stuff uh, is, is taught. So if, you don't have to be Jewish to support Israel. You just have to have a basic functioning moral conscience. Tell me in the history of the modern world, of the last 200 years, when has a free state been at war with a police state and the free state was wrong? Can you name one example? Yeah, Israel. The people who support the Palestinians are saying the police state is, is the good state and the free state is the bad state. You know that twenty percent of Israel isn't even Jewish. It's 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 mostly Muslim and Muslim Arabs. Do you know that one of them is on has or is is now or was on the Supreme Court of Israel? They say Israel's an apartheid state. Were there any blacks on the Supreme Court of South Africa, where there was real apartheid? See the PragerU video on is Israel an apartheid state, given by a black member. Of the South African Parliament who lived under apartheid he is so angry at the people who call Israel an apartheid state because it cheapens the evil of apartheid by the way if you watch our I would say about 15 videos at PragerU on the Middle East you will have a better understanding of the Middle East than any other single thing you can do those videos are exceptional As I, as I say in one of my videos on the subject at PragerU, the one that went most viral, one side wants the other side dead. I gave that video about 10 years ago. It hasn't changed. That's exactly what it is. Here's a simple proof, Roddy. Ask anyone. If the Israelis said, we are destroying all our weapons, And we will fight no more what would happen if the Palestinians said we will destroy all our weapons we will fight no more what would happen in the first case the Jews of Israel would be wiped out like they were on October 7th 2023 in the second case there would be peace in a week and if anyone denies that they're lying to themselves How are we doing? We have time. I thought so. It's hard to know, like, how much. Yeah, we don't know how much, but we have time. Okay, ready? Amy, 36, Florida, USA. Dear Dennis, I'm a 36-year-old mother of two young children. We moved to a new state two years ago. The new state, uh, presumably, is Florida. My husband and I have a very private life. His parents are immigrants from the former USSR and inculcated in him a very strong sense of privacy. I grew up in a large family and I became very, a very private person as a defensive mechanism. While we love to keep our privacy, I think we took it to a point where it has become very difficult to invite people over to, as you say, date for friends. That's a line I have used for oh decades. People should date for friends like they dated for a spouse. That's how important it is to have friends. Hospitality seems to be a lost art in my generation. I read the book of Genesis and I'm always in awe of how Abraham was looking for guests outside of his tent. I can't even imagine what possessed him to feel that way. I don't relate to that at all, and I don't know if I am the aberration in this comparison. I would love if you could share your thoughts on hospitality and practical tips. Shabbat dinners with friends, for example, how does that even work? Does the whole preparation rely on Sue? That's my wife. Your advice has been pivotal in my personal growth, and I am sure this will not be an exception. Thank you for your work. God has truly blessed us through you. Thank you. It's very kind. So obviously these people are Jewish, because they're asking about Shabbat dinners, I presume. So there's a lot of stuff here for me to comment on. This notion of wanting privacy, every normal human being wants privacy. In the Soviet Union, there was almost no privacy because there was so little housing. People shared the same kitchen. Four families typically would share the same kitchen and even bathroom. There wasn't privacy. Many, many parents had to have their kids sleep in their room. How are they going to have privacy to ever be intimate? That, that's a real problem, not having privacy in that way. But as she points out, you could take it too far. By the way, there's no nothing you can't take too far. Nothing. There is nothing so wonderful that you can't take too far. Even you, you could pursue health too far where you become a hypochondriac or just compulsive. So you you have... You have taken it too far. The balance of privacy and intimate friends is the best you can have. Have both. So my answer to almost all such questions is my basic attitude in life. I'm a behaviorist. Did you know you were nodding? Did you know what I was going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I love that you did. I, I, I hope my answers become predictable. Mm, mm-hmm. Then then people can come up with them without me Do it don't wait till you all of a sudden feel oh I want people in my life Uh, I'm yearning for it wait forget the yearning. You know, it's good for you. Do it You just invite people over. It's like people who say I'm I'm not ready to get married. Who's ready to get married? You get married, you get ready after you marry. Who's ready to have children? Very few people. You get ready when you have a child. Have the child, then you'll get ready. This is how life works. Act X, then you'll feel X. Don't wait to feel X till you act X. Okay, start inviting people over. Now, as it happens, what you asked, my wife wants to partake in the whole Shabbat dinner, and so we go, for years, we have gone to friends every Friday night, virtually every Friday night. And we're a gang of about 10, including kids. And it, it, it's magnificent. We, we missed two, to, two Friday nights during the lockdowns of COVID. That's it, two. Otherwise, we led a completely normal life and we were together every Friday night. And of course, no masks. By the way, it was a sanity keeper during that terrible time that this get-together every Friday night. So you could alternate homes. That's another way of doing it uh, that enables you not to prepare that much if you don't want to. Some people love preparing. My my daughter-in-law loves preparing Shabbat for her family and, and for friends that they have over. But if you don't like it, don't do it every week. Just, or, or just have the food ready-made and, and just have it there and everybody clears the table and you're at the table the whole time. But start. And for those of you who don't have Shabbat dinners, which is 99% of you, do it your way. It just helps to have a set night. At least one set night where this does take place and if you believe that God wants you to do it which is in the Ten Commandments to keep the Sabbath day the only ritual in the Ten Commandments so God must have thought it's pretty important then uh, you you can uh, you can have that or anything that you set up but it should be on a regular basis Sunday afternoon lunch with with people. If you go to church in the morning, if you don't go to church in the morning, do it anyway. The answer to all these issues is do it. Don't wait to feel that that you got to do it. You know in your brain it's good for you, therefore do it. However, I will say this. One of my sadder, and i have many sad realizations about the human condition but one of my saddest is most people are not governed by reason they they don't act upon what they know is the, is the good thing to do feelings are way more powerful than reason reason tells you not to have much dessert most people don't follow reason. And it's true for uh, a whole host of things. Friends, what did I just read? There's so much loneliness in the Western world. The United Kingdom has a minister of loneliness. Isn't that amazing? A position in the government, like it's a department of loneliness. In the United States well what did I just read in some poll was it 50% of people do not have someone that they tell everything to I can't imagine going through life like that I've wanted to say everything that was on my mind since sixth grade I'm serious and that was when I started my love affair with male friends I've always had intimate male friends. I don't mean sexually intimate, but intimate. (laughs) No, only because we live in such an age we have to explain every word you say. But uh, in every other way, it was love. I've always had men I love in my life. And it has been a sanity preserver in my life. And women should have that with other women. Maybe one day we'll talk about, well, what about... What's wrong with women having men friends and men having women friends? I'll give you about eight reasons why it tends not to work. (laughs) But that's a preview of a forthcoming fireside chat. In the meantime, I hope you'll celebrate Thanksgiving if you're an American and celebrate something analogous anywhere else in the world. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax deductible donation.